From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Coming up on this Tuesday edition of Washington Watch. We're only 22 days away from uh, the most consequential election uh, in our history, in my view, in recent history at least. Elections where the choice and the stakes are crystal clear, especially when it comes to the right to choose. That was President Biden earlier today at a Democratic National Committee abortion rights event here in Washington, D.C. Now, as we mentioned yesterday, polling by The New York Times and others indicate the American people have moved on from the left's manufactured outrage over the Dobbs decision. Voters are focused on the ailing economy. But, of course, what do you do when your policies are not helping but making the economic pain of families even worse? Well, you talk about abortion. This is absolutely about freedom and liberty. This is about freedom and liberty, which are foundational notions for the existence of our country. These are founding principles that we as Americans hold dear. Freedom and liberty. Mm, That's deep. That was Vice President Harris yesterday at an abortion event in Los Angeles. You know what? I had no idea this nation was founded and built on abortion. But that's the left's view. We'll talk about that and more with Georgia Congressman Jody Heiss in just a moment. Could Democrats' zeal for abortion be blinding them to the reality that few Americans actually share their extreme abortion until birth position? How is the issue of life impacting the midterm elections? Well, the evidence suggests life continues to be a winning issue for Republicans. We'll talk about it with FRC Action Vice President Brent Kylan a little later here on Washington Watch. And yesterday, President Biden chided Republicans for opposing his student loan bailout. And despite what the Republican officials say, we can afford, we're able to afford the student loan relief. It's because of our historic deficit reduction the Republicans voted against. Now, the authority of the president to unilaterally give away billions of taxpayer dollars right before an election, I might add, is being challenged in court. And we're going to talk about that with Texas Congressman Kevin Brady, the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee. And yesterday, Virginia Congressman Bob Good was here on the measure by Virginia Delegate Elizabeth Guzman that sought to criminalize parents for not affirming a minor child's decision to transition to another gender. Now, after a firestorm of opposition, the measure was pulled back. But there is now more information that has come to light on what was behind the bill's introduction. FRC's Meg Kilgannon is here later with the details of that and why parents, why you as parents, need to be on guard for these types of attacks from the left on parental rights and the family. It's only going to get worse. All right. Speaking of attacks on the family, one way we stop it is through elections. And we've got one coming up, a big election coming up in November. So we have a resource for you here at the Family Research Council. We have a voter guide. In fact, you can get a personalized voter guide by texting the word guide to 67742. That's the word guide to 67742. You'll get a link. Go to the link. And if you'd like a personalized guide, you put in your address and you will get a personalized voter guide. Now, depending on what state you're in and what key elections, 
Uh, you may have school board elections in some places. It's just the congressional and state elections. Each state is kind of different based upon what is happening. But each of the candidates are rated according to the values that we stand for here at the Family Research Council, faith, family, and freedom. So text the word guide to 67742. Our word for today is found in Second Chronicles chapter 32, verses 7 and 8. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Surrounded by a vicious and overwhelming Assyrian army, King Hezekiah encouraged the people of Jerusalem by declaring his confidence in the power of God. But here's a critical part of the story. Hezekiah's ability to stand in the face of such a great threat was directly connected to the revival the nation had just experienced. Cultural courage is in direct proportion to spiritual strength of a people. As Proverbs 28 states, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The righteousness comes only through a right relationship with Jesus Christ. To join us on our daily journey through the Bible, visit TonyPerkins.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page. All right, between the president's speech in Washington here today and the vice president's remarks in Los Angeles last night, it is clear the left is running from discussing the ailing economy. But is making abortion your number one issue a winning message? Here is what the president said he would do if the Democrats retain Congress in the midterm election. If we do that, here's the promise I make to you and the American people. The first bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. And when Congress passes it, I'll sign it in January, 50 years after Roe was first decided the law of the land. But voters overwhelmingly say the economy is their top issue. Joining me now to discuss this in studio is U.S. Congressman Jody Heiss. He serves on the House Committee on Oversight and Reform and the House Committee on Natural Resources. He represents Georgia's 10th Congressional District. Congressman Heiss, welcome back to the program. Always great to be with you, Tony. So your reaction to what the president said uh, today, right on the heels of the vice president talking about abortion last night. Yeah, they're trying to change the narrative, as they always do, and it's not going to work. But look, in the first place, the president does not make bills and send them to Congress. That is the the task of the legislature. Uh, So he's not going to be sending a bill. But the fact that he wants abortion to be the number one issue on the ballot box going forward is without question. That's that's what he wants. And it's a it's a failing message for the Democrats. People in America do not want abortion up to the point of birth. Congressman Heiss, let me ask you this question. We've seen this administration focused like a laser on abortion, even before the Dobbs decision, but certainly since the Dobbs decision. But prior to that, focused on the whole transgender agenda. I mean, the, the extreme radical policies of the left. Could it be that our economy is in such bad shape is because they are so fixated on the left's social agenda? Well, that certainly contributes to the problem. There's no doubt that our economy is in horrible shape because horrible economic policy as well. But to hide those policy decisions, yeah, they're they're, uh, putting abortion forward and trying to distract people from the uh, issues that are impacting their everyday lives. 
And I think that's why they continue pushing abortion, fighting for abortion. They're trying to change the narrative. And look, the reality is the cost of groceries are going up. Gas is going up. uh, Crime is going up. Uh, inflation is impacting people's lives. We have open borders. We have a military that's in shambles. We have a tax on our personal liberties. And what do the Democrats try to do? Distract from all that and make the issue about abortion. Uh, It's just not going to work. I believe we're going to see a massive rejection of this radical left-wing agenda coming from the Biden administration. I mean, you've been out throughout the state of Georgia for the last year listening to to voters, listening to the concerns of citizens. What have you been hearing? Well, there's no question. Uh, the number one issue that I hear is the economy. Uh, people are losing their retirements. Their, uh, the, the cost of living is going up. The cost of everything is going up. Far and away, that is the number one issue I hear. The second issue has got to be crime, and that starts on the southern border. Uh, we have fentanyl coming across the border, criminals coming across the border, uh, crime waves across in our state. Atlanta, of course, is just a horrible place uh, that people are afraid to go to uh, anymore. And, you know, these are the issues on people's minds, and uh, those are the issues that are going to drive this upcoming election. Let's talk about that election. Where do you see things going at this point? Uh, you know, we're, we're three weeks out from the election. What do you see happening? I'm very encouraged with what I see happening because what I am seeing is an outright rejection of this radical left-wing socialist agenda that the Democrats are trying to cram down the throats of the American people. And the American people want liberty. They want freedom. Uh, they want limited government. They want a responsible government when it comes to the economy. And they're getting everything but that. If that's what they want, what do they need to do? Well, they obviously have to get out and vote. And uh, in Georgia, early voting is already underway, as it is in other states across the country. And uh, people have got to make their their voices known at the ballot box. You've been very involved in in this issue of making sure that elections, uh, there's integrity surrounding our elections. And and Georgia obviously was a state that had some significant issues in the 2020 election. The legislature has made some uh, significant moves to secure those elections. What would you say to those people say, you know what, my my vote just doesn't count. I'm I'm just not sure that I want to vote. Yeah. And I can't tell you, Tony, how many people have said that to me. And, you know, the response is uh, just what you said. We've had problems. We've had the legislature address those problems. There is nothing more important for us to do right now than to get to the ballot box and vote. And we have got to do that. And I believe I believe that's catching on. I believe uh, people in Georgia and across the country are going to make sure that their votes are heard. I think we have to overwhelm them at the ballot box. You know, we've talked about changing the laws to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. Uh, But I think we need to uh, just overwhelm them by making sure our folks are registered. Of course, every state's a little different there on the registration. But we need to be registered and we need to be turning out not just ourselves, but we need to be encouraging family members, uh, members of our church, just everyone we're associated with. We need to be encouraging them to show up and vote their values. Absolutely. And you cannot overwhelm the ballot box if you don't show up, if you don't get out there yourself and take some others with you to actually vote. And that's what has to happen right now. Otherwise, we're going to continue to suffer under the policies of this current administration and this radical left-wing Democratic Party. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear. Again, 
the economy, I mean, everybody is feeling this, and their focus is on the issue of abortion, on transgenderism. It's, it's frankly, mind-boggling. If, if I didn't think that there was some kind of demonic agenda here, it would be hard to explain. Well, I think that's ultimately where how you do explain it, because none of this makes sense. And, you know, parents don't want their children, their kindergarten children, being taught all this transgender stuff. It's, none of this makes sense, and I believe the vast majority of Americans understand this does not make sense, and they're going to soundly reject it. I tell you what, I think this president who is so focused on abortion, if, if I were to pick a figure out of the Old Testament uh, that would be equivalent to him, it would be uh, the King Manasseh. Who, uh, who really brought that nation down because of it actually promoted child sacrifice. It is uh, it's quite frankly just wicked. It is. It's, it's absolutely wicked. And look, this is a time, and with that, let me just, let me just put a word out to, to the body of Christ, to people of faith all across this country. There is a such thing as moral absolutes. There is a such thing as right and wrong. And the things that we are watching take place in this country right now are absolutely wrong. And this, there is no excuse for our voices not to be heard at the ballot box right now more than ever. It is time to pray, time to vote, and time to stand for truth. Congressman Jody Heiss, thank you for joining us today. Always great to see you. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks, stick with us. Coming up, new polling suggests that the pro-life position is a winning issue at many races. That's next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. First Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview.
Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Tuesday. The upcoming midterms represent the first major election since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last June. But abortion hasn't become the motivating issue the Democrats had hoped it would. Now, there was all this manufactured outrage. You know, we had the targeting of pro-life centers and churches. You know, they were attacked. They were vandalized. And, of course, the administration, the Biden administration, did nothing. But in a recent New York Times poll... The biggest party shift since September came from women who identified as independent voters. Now, last month, they favored Democrats by 14 points. They have sharply swung and now favor Republicans by 18 points. That's a huge shift. Now, voters have seen how Democrats have handled the economy the past two years and are seemingly ready for, get this, change. But, but... We have some deniers among Democrats denying the polls and reality. The New York Times poll, I think, is an outlier poll. You'd cite one poll, but all the other it's polls... It's also the real clear politics average no. is showing similar issues. No, but, they, but that was one that brought down the average, and it was an outlier. It wasn't even that big a sample. So I, I dismiss that. That was House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier today on MSNBC with Andrea Mitchell. Joining me now to discuss this and much more, Brent Kylan, Vice President of FRC Action. Uh, Brent, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Tony. Good to be All with right, you. All right, so obviously uh, the House Speaker dismissive of this. I mean, look, I believe from our perspective, our voters, sage cons, the spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives, are motivated by these issues such as life, uh, marriage, human sexuality, but they— they also are impacted by the economic issues that affect their ability to care for their families. So these are certainly issues, but it appears that the, uh, the Democrats, the left, they are desperate to make abortion the issue. That's right, Tony. You know, um, we've seen so many polls over the last few months where you have the economy consistently showing up as the number one issue, inflation, gas prices, cost of living. Now, I will say abortion is an important issue, so yeah. it's not something candidates can't talk about, but it's not that time. I'm issue. glad. I'm glad they're talking about it. My point is it's not helping them. I think it's helping Republicans who actually are willing to point out the extreme position of Democrats, their position is abortion 
until birth or beyond. That's right. And Tony, looking at some of the recent polls that have come in, you know, we have a lot of polling being done right now, and it bears out to what you're saying. Um, if you look at some of these key races, uh, we were looking at polls that just came out in Iowa, Ohio, and Georgia. And and again, these are uh, competitive states. These are not deep red states. The interesting right. thing about these states is they all have a governor, a Republican incumbent governor, who has signed meaningful pro-life legislation, heartbeat legislation, actually, in all three of these states. All right. The states again, Iowa, Iowa, Ohio, Ohio, and Georgia. Georgia. Those are the three states. And and those swing. I mean, those are those are those are swing states. That's right. That's right. Every year. And uh, they they not only have a Republican up uh, for governor, they also have a, a key U.S. Senate race on the ballot. And the thing that's been so interesting about the most recent polling we have in all three of these states is that that governor, that Republican governor who has signed that that very meaningful pro-life legislation in every state, they are significantly outpolling the Republican running for U.S. Senate. And again, that's not to say that the senators are not pro-life here. They are. But, Tony, look at some of these gaps. In Iowa, Governor Kim Reynolds is polling 17 points ahead of the candidate she's running against. Chuck Grassley is also winning as the Republican running for, for Senate there in the in the latest poll, but he's up by three points. In Ohio, Mike DeWine, he's up by 18. The Republican running for Senate there, J.D. Vance, is up by two in the latest poll. And then Georgia, Brian Kemp is up by seven. And then uh, Herschel Walker's in a very close race. He's actually trailing by two. So, so this narrative... That that the life position is a losing issue at the ballot box just isn't bearing out well, in this polling. Well, there's some other polling where you look at uh, governors who have signed pro-life legislation that may not have a, uh, a, a Senate race in the state, but th- they, too, are doing well. That's right. We, we looked at 11 uh, states that we've identified where um, there's Republican governors who have signed some form of meaningful pro-life legislation, be it 15 week, you know, heartbeat, something like that. And um, this is the first election where they will be on the ballot. They'll be voted on after they have signed this legislation. Tony, in all 11, those Republican governors are up in the polling. They could literally run the table, which just shows these these are not just so these good are not policies. liabilities. These are that's th- right. That's being right. Being pro-life is not a political liability. It's not. These are not just good public policies. These are actually proving very popular. With so, how, how do you explain this shift among independent women? I mean, this is a huge shift. Where what, we were 12 points up for uh, Democrats a month ago, and it shifted to what 17, 16, 17 points for for Republicans. How, how do you explain that? You know, Tony, um, as you pointed out, that is just a huge, huge shift. You don't typically see that in polling over a month. I think one of the keys there is, you know, people typically start really paying attention around, you know, early September. But we're getting to that point in the election cycle where people are making those decisions. They're not just thinking about it now. They're really drilling down where do the candidates really stand. And we're seeing that come out in some of these polling changes. And I think Democrats are... I'm glad they're doing it, but I think they're doing themselves a disservice, um, but I hope they keep doing it, by showing how extreme they are on abortion. All right, very quickly, Brent, before we run out of time, uh, how do folks get a voter guide? Yes, iVoterGuide, we're part of that coalition. It covers all the federal races, a lot of the state races, local races. You can access that a couple ways. You mentioned the texting number, text guide to 67742. Go to our website 
frcaction.org, voter resources. When you go to that page, Tony, uh, just click on, th- there will be a bar where you can enter your address. Just fill in your address, and it will customize that for you. All the races we cover, it will show you, and then it will rank those candidates, all the research we have there. All of that should uh, should show up for you. Just enter that, and that information And all of those there. candidates are, are basically evaluated on issues faith, family, and freedom. That's right. That's right. There's a lot of great research uh, that goes into that. All right. So text the word guide to 67742. That's 67742, the word guide. And follow the link and put in your address and you can get a personalized voter guide. Brent Kylan, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. I know we're going to be talking a lot over the next three weeks. Appreciate it, Tony. Thank you. All right. And folks, uh, by the way, just mark it down. Election night, we're going to be having coverage all night long. Uh, following many of these races across the country. All right, don't go away. More Washington Watch on the other side of the break. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Yesterday, President Biden chided Republicans for opposing his student loan bailout. And despite what the Republican officials say, we can afford, we're able to afford the student loan relief. It's because of our historic deficit reduction the Republicans voted against. Now, the question is, does the president have the authority to unilaterally give away billions of taxpayer dollars? right before an election, I might add, 
Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Kevin Brady. He's the ranking member on the House Ways and Means Committee, and he represents the 8th Congressional District of Texas. Uh, Congressman Brady, thanks so much for joining us. I know you're on the road out there, and I'm glad you're able to join us today. <laughs> Tony, thanks for having me. I'm in East Texas, and an area that, uh, that you know well, and, and thanks for having me on. Well, the president here saying, you know, Republicans trying to, um, you know, keep him from moving forward on this um, student loan bailout. I mean, first off, does the president have the authority to give away literally billions of dollars of taxpayer money? Yeah, and, and the truthful answer is, of course not. You know, nowhere did Congress grant any president the ability to forgive a half a trillion dollars of student loans with the stroke of a pen. You know, he's trying to say that the law we passed after 9-11, we were giving some temporary relief to those uh, who, who were going to war uh, on the war of terrorism. Uh, he is trying to say this is the same type of national emergency. Of course, it's not. It will be litigated. I feel confident that, that we'll prevail there. Uh, but that claim he makes that uh, we can afford to do this because of his deficit reduction, you know, uh, even the Washington Post has fact-checked uh, fact that as just simply untrue. Uh, that's not the case at all. There will be very little uh, inflation or debt reduction from the Inflation Reduction Act, and this, this could cost between $400 and $600 billion when it was said and done. And no president can use taxpayers as just a campaign Flush fund that nowhere in in law or the constitution does that exist. Well, to, I mean, this to me looks like a bribe. I mean, the timing of this right before a midterm election, when the president is about to lose control of Congress, it looks like a bribe. And from my perspective, I think this is criminal and it should be illegal. It, uh, I, I believe, it is illegal. What I do know too is I don't think it's politically as smart as they believe it is. It, one, it is inflationary. Two, won't do anything to get college costs down. But, but three, and most importantly, this is just a gut kick to blue-collar workers and families who took out debt and paid it back responsibly. And I, I think of my neighbor who's a detective. Uh, he worked for 15 years, three jobs, a detective. He did extra security, and he sold carpet on the weekends. And his wife had a job as well, just so their daughter— could go to a state college and graduate with a good degree in zero debt, which she did. She's now a teacher. But think about 15 years of sacrifice to make their child sure they didn't have student debt. And now, you know, this president's going to force them to pay other student debt off. It's just it's terribly unfair. And I, I think the president is not going to get the political gain he believes he will. And I think it's going to make uh, the cost of uh, higher education even more expensive uh, as we see this yeah, bailout no, going no forward. Uh, yesterday, the White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, essentially blamed Republicans for the economic pain that Americans are feeling. I want to play this clip and get your response to it. Clip 11, please. And what Republicans want to do is that they want to repeal that very historic piece of legislation that is also going to lower energy costs, that is also going to help fight uh, climate change. They want to get rid of it. So there is a contrast that we are going to make, which is how Republicans are actually 
going to make things worse. And Democrats want to do the opposite and make things a little easier. Now, this is about the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, but from her comments, you know, I, I'm a little puzzled. I had no idea Republicans have been in charge for the last two years. <laughs> no, you would have thought Democrats were in control of the House, Senate, and the White House. Well, look, this is the same White House, Tony, you know, that blames Republicans for inflation, for a high energy prices, for crime. Again, they've been fact-checked repeatedly as just flat-out false there. Um, but the truth of the matter is, we do want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act because it, it has tax hikes on American companies that manufacture here and small businesses. Uh, it has huge half a trillion dollars of Green New Deal giveaways to some of the wealthiest companies in America. And thirdly, its drug pricing scheme actually drives prices up and kills new cures for cancers, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, those those life, you know, saving drugs that Americans are praying and hoping for, their bill will actually uh, prevent those drugs from coming to market. So, yeah, it is, uh, you know, I think that's more spin from the White House press corps just has no basis in fact. So just another Democratic bad bill that needs to be repealed. Uh, there's quite a few there's of those. no question. Congressman Kevin yes, Brady, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, taking time to uh, to join us from uh, East Texas. Thanks, Tony. Take care. All right. Congressman Kevin Brady of uh, Texas. All right. Coming up, pregnant men. That's what one school here in D.C. is helping parents to talk to their children about. That's right. Pregnant men. I would... Uh, I hate to see what their science scores are at that school. In fact, I probably would do pretty good at math at that school if they have pregnant men. All right, we're going to talk about that next. Don't go away. More Washington Watch straight ahead. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. 
with just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, and it's good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And again, let me remind you, elections are right around the corner. In fact, early voting starts this week in many places. Some places is already underway. You can get a personalized voter guide for the federal elections in most state elections and in some cases uh, local elections, even all the way down to the school board in some competitive places. To find out how, just text the word GUIDE to 67742. That's 67742, the word GUIDE. You'll get a link. Follow the link back, and you'll, have, uh, you'll see a little tab on there uh, for your voter guide. All you need to do is put in your address, and then you will automatically get a voter guide uh, on these key races. And all of these individuals have been evaluated based upon either questionnaires they've filled out or the positions that they've taken. So it's very, very helpful. And, and share it with your friends. We, we want to see SAGECONs, that's the spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives, equipped for this election. All right, again, that's uh, 67742, the word guide. Yesterday on the program, we had Virginia Congressman Bob Good, and we were talking about this measure by Virginia Delegate Elizabeth Guzman that sought to criminalize parents. All right, now I'm going to talk slowly so that you'll, you'll get, grasp the, the, the magnitude of this. Wanted to criminalize parents for not affirming a minor child's decision to transition to another gender. Uh, You heard me right. Criminalize a parent who would not celebrate a small child who has, you know, been confused by the social media or the indoctrination in their classroom. If the parent refuses to go along with it, they could be charged with a crime. Well, after a firestorm, thankfully, of opposition, the measure was pulled back. But there is now more information on what was behind the bill's introduction. And also it points to why you need to be watching what's happening in your schools. Joining me now to discuss this is FRC Senior Fellow for Education Studies, a former member of the Trump administration, 
in the Department of Education, Meg Kilgannon. Meg, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me back. Okay, uh, so did I accurately describe what this measure that was introduced into the, well, it was pulled back, but was going to be introduced, what it would do? Absolutely. That is exactly what Delegate Guzman would like to do. And it is frightening that a social worker could misunderstand the purpose of social work so gravely. <laughs> um, the the, the uh, bill didn't do well the first time it was introduced, uh, and it's not going to do well if it is introduced again. We're, we're told that it will not be. Now, some information has surfaced as to what may have been behind this. And, you know, we, we played a clip of her interview yesterday, the, uh, the delegate's interview yesterday. But there appears to be more that was behind this uh, LGBTQ activists that were pushing for this. So play clip, uh, I believe it's clip 19. I've been working with a senator, or no, a representative. See, I don't know. (laughs) In a small district that I'm not a resident of, and she's a former social worker and has her clinical degree and recognizes the abuse and the long-term harm caused by not affirming your kids. And so we were working on a child protection bill that would make it illegal to not affirm. Mm. Okay, so that audio is um, from a podcast that was Amy Canava. Yes. And who who is she? She's a uh, school counselor in Arlington County Schools in Virginia. And um, she is active with a number of interest groups and organizations at the national level. And being in Arlington is, of course, very close to Washington, D.C. So she is able to work out her politics in her day job. Um, And now I can do that because I work at Family Research Council, but she is paid by the taxpayers of Arlington County, Virginia. So, you know, we we are surmising based upon her comments that she was connected to Guzman. We don't know that for certain, but she's certainly advocating for that type of legislation. So she's certainly pointing in that direction. But here's the point, Meg, that, that I want parents to understand. These individuals, these activists, these are activists. They're embedded in our schools. And as you said, they're using tax money to advocate for these policies that are attacking the rights of parents. Yes, and they are doing it very convinced that they are in the right and that they will be, they actually believe that they will be helping children to be their true selves, to be their authentic selves. And that that is just really concerning, dangerous um, to, to think that this is going on in public schools where everybody in the community is paying the tax dollars that support these the schools. And you have this political agenda that is so fervently believed that um, th- that they're willing to endanger children, separate children from parents, advance this agenda behind the backs of parents, all, all in the name of, of of helping a child uh, live their you know their Authentic true self. Idea. yeah. The problem with this, Meg, is that the. The evidence does not suggest that that works. In fact, we find higher rates of suicide. Now, we're told, well, it's just because they're not being embraced and they're not being facilitated in this. But even those who are experience higher rates of depression, anxiety, and and suicide. 
It, it's one of the disturbing aspects of this whole looking into this whole issue is this the the way that people who have transitioned there and and had these gender affirming procedures done on themselves that that when they come into in to understand that this was not the right thing for them and that they that their true self is their actual biological right. sex how marginalized and ignored they are right well no because it doesn't fit the narrative of the left it it it's just it's such a such a a, a commentary on the, their their the ideological bent of the people but who that's, are that's the left this. They, they do not want to be challenged. They cannot have a debate because the evidence does not suggest that their position is right. In fact, it is the opposite. These, these individuals who are advocating for this are killing children. They, they are certainly endangering them, and they are absolutely separating children from parents, well, which is something point. that people who have bad intentions for children well, often do. Oh, yes, because it opens the door to, 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 to take control and influence the lives of those children. But look, when a child, a parent has a child that is having challenges, I mean, look, who's going to be there to pick up the pieces? Is it going to be these guidance counselors? Is it going to be these advocates for, you know, this transgender agenda that are going to be there to pick up the pieces of, of not just that one child, but of that of a broken family because they push them down this path? Right. And the the ramifications are huge. You have, it's not just the child who's in crisis, it's every other child in that family well, is also to, well, in crisis but, but because also, their brother or sister is, right? Well, but we, we see these it. things, they have this, uh, this effect of if one of these children has, you know, these emotional issues, especially when you have suicide involved, uh, it, it has repercussions throughout the entire community. And you see other kids then that begin to mirror that behavior. And, and it becomes devastating to a community. Yes. Yes. They refer to that as social contagion, that you find these groups of, of, of students who will identify as the opposite sex, and they're often in clusters of uh-huh. young girls who go through this. Um, it, it's it's the, the fact that the Guzman uh, bill was withdrawn so quickly, I mean, not even 24 hours after she had her news coverage, People overwhelmingly rejected it, and the the leadership in Richmond said, "No, we're not going to have that bill in to the House of Delegates." Shows you that unless they are moving forward, they can't advance their agenda. Right. Well, the minute also, they have to stop and justify what they do, right. the wheels come right off the wagon. But it it also shows how that can happen, and that's when parents stand up and say, huh, "No, this nonsense is not going to fly." Yes. And, and, and more times than not, if parents will stand up and confront this, first off, they have to know what's going on. And a lot of this, as we said, they're embedded into the school system. They're embedded in the political process. And they're advancing this a lot of times without the parents' knowledge. This is why they don't want kids to go home and tell their parents. They won't tell the parents what the kids are doing. So they're trying to drive this wedge and this blanket of uh, secrecy over right. this. Parents have to pull it back, have to be involved, and know what's going on. Absolutely. And you need to be sure to remind everyone that in spite of their claims that you're going, that if if parents are told about these situations with their children, that children will be homeless or right. children will be, you know, harmed, that's exactly the opposite of what is true. Yeah. I don't know any parent that would move heaven and earth to help their child 
in a crisis situation. And that has to be challenged. And, but that narrative has to be challenged. They, they clearly they believe it or they wouldn't be hiding this information from parents. So as a parent, you need to be aware of what you're up against. And don't think it's not happening. Don't think right. it's not happening. All right. I, I, before we run out of time, I want to I switch gears to another um, outrage. A, <laughs> an elite D.C. private school for children. For, for Actually, and I mean young children. I mean, they, they are currently enrolling children from 18 months to third grade. Now they sent it, and, and I, I want to underscore, this is a private school, so it's, it's not the taxpayer money, but it's still lunacy. Um, they sent an email to parents, which found its way onto social media. And the me- email reads in part, quote, We wanted to take an opportunity to share some exciting news with you, though you may have already noted Mr. Powell's growing belly. Tristan is expecting a kiddo in mid-January, end quote. And then it goes on to discuss how you can talk about this with your kids at home, about how a man can be pregnant. Quote, for kids who may have associations with pregnancy and a certain gender. <laughs> I, I really, how, how do they teach science in that school? I... Continuing on here. Only girls and moms can have babies as if, and that's in parentheses, as if that's a kind of a, an old idea. Tristan uses the language of some boys have bodies that can have babies, and I have that kind of body that can have a baby. Isn't that cool? End quote. I'm telling you, if, if, if this is how this school teaches biology, I could ace math in that school. I mean, this is, this is insane. I... The, there are, the ramifications of something like this are just a huge, of course, right? And, and it is truly, it's a private school, so there's right. nothing we can do politically. So I think well, that we I, obviously I just think aware that, need aware to be, that this is happening. We need to be praying for this child, for this yeah. mother who thinks that she's not a mother. <laughs> I mean, this is a, a tragic situation. And the children, the little young minds that are going to well, be warped by being confronted with the situation and that the, the parents are being equipped to participate right. with them in the indoctrination. Like it's normal. Like it's, and, and this is, and keep in mind, this is focused on children between 18 months and third grade. This is when a child's, when we talk about this so much on the program, this is when a child's worldview is formed. I mean, God help us as a nation if this is what we're doing to children and in acting as if this is normal. We are twisting the minds of these children, and we are destroying the nation. I think, Meg, I think we have to stand up resolutely to this agenda because we cannot think, oh, this isn't going to affect me. Look, I live in Texas. We don't have this. I live in Oklahoma. I live in Louisiana. It, it It is in it is in every state, and it is, it is a rejection of truth. I mean, I, I, I was joking a, a, a little bit, but how do you teach science? How do you teach anything? I mean, if, if you can tell me that you're a man and you're pregnant, then ha- who gives you the authority to tell me that my math homework is not correct? You have to have a standard. Right. You have to have some absolutes. 
We're, we've on the right. We've always said that there is an absolute truth, and it can be known. <laughs> and we warn people about the consequences of denying that reality, right? Politically, and now, sadly, it's going to be displayed for our children what the consequences of that denial of truth really is. And so, though we did, we we were quiet and and polite in the early stages of this. Now we're we going be. to have to deal with the real serious and disturbing implications of denying God's truth right. about the human person. We need to call out those deniers, those who deny truth. You know, they want to talk about us in elections. Well, those are the real deniers, denying truth. Well, I, I, I had a really nice life before this all came into my school system in Fairfax County. I, I was at home and enjoying my life with my kids. And I and think that that's the story of a lot of, you, a lot of moms up. who see this coming into their community and say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to have to be engaged. Well, I pray that the Lord would give us many more mothers <laughs> like Meg Kilgannon who, who will, you know, roll up their sleeves, take responsibility. I mean, you were in the, the Trump Department of Education. Uh, you're now leading the effort to, and training up others across the country to stand up and speak up. We're going to win a lot of school board races yeah. in November if people get out and pray and if they vote and if they take a stand. Yeah, it, it, is, it is past time that we do that. There is so much at stake. And, and, and this, the, these things have, frankly, they have eternal consequences. Indeed. Meg, we're out of time. Always great to see you. Thanks. And, folks, it's always great to have you with us. Check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Until next time, I leave you with the words of the Apostle Paul where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.